Support for Paradox comes from the Timothy Center, a place for adolescent and family healing. The Timothy Center is a marriage and family counseling facility in Austin, Texas, offering distance consultations for those that live outside the Austin area. If your family is struggling and you'd like to consult with Jimmy, Josh, or one of their trained professionals, visit them at timothycenter.com. I think the hope is audacious. I remember uh, years ago picking up this book from uh, President Obama before he was president, and uh, I was in a coffee shop in Eugene. I picked up this, this book, and it said, The Audacity of Hope. And I thought to myself, that's right. Hope is audacious. It has confidence when it doesn't deserve confidence. Recording live from Austin, Texas, a conversation about marriage and family that guys won't want to turn off. Dr. Jimmy Myers and Dr. Josh Myers are a paradox. Guys, welcome to the show. I am Josh. I'm Jimmy. Today is going to be good. Yeah, and we are so excited to have Chad Veach on with us. Chad, how are you doing? Doing great. Happy uh, happy morning to you from Los Angeles. Happy yeah, early morning. Early. It's 830, right? Have you had your coffee yet? I'm in the middle of the coffee. I'm, I'm <laughs> towards the end of it, so I'm feeling good now. I figured you would have, like, jogged down to Venice Beach and lifted, <laughs> had your quiet time. <laughs> You know, uh, I frequent there. You know, guys, uh, lifting weights is a big passion. No, I'm kidding. I, I never work out. I, I should. <laughs> uh, he is. Chad is pastor at, and I said Zoe Church, but you you correct. It's Zoe, right? Zoe. Yeah, it's like, you know, Zoe. Cafe, Beyonce, okay. Zoe. <laughs> we should put that little thing up there above the E, but, you know, yes. we're debating still. Like Beyonce. Uh, it is Zoe Church in Our Los church Angeles. Is like Beyonce. <laughs> and he is an author. It came out this past March of Unreasonable Hope. Kind of tell us a little bit about the book um, and some of the circumstances surrounding you writing the book. Yeah. Uh, well, my uh, four-year-old, almost five-year-old daughter, uh, when she was born, uh, just at four months, she was diagnosed with a with a rare brain condition called lysencephaly. And so uh, when we got the news and kind of journeyed through that first year or two, we really felt like out of everything that we, we went through that all of a sudden now we became, um, you know, spokesmen for, for bringing hope to people that didn't have hope. And, you know, God started to open up doors for us to, you know, pray with people that we never would have prayed with before, I felt like. And so we just wrote a book out of our journey saying, hey, if we can have hope through our circumstance, you can have hope through your circumstance. And uh, it, it was just a really fun project to be able to to write and and hopefully be able to encourage people with. What do you mean by hope is unreasonable? I think hope is audacious. I remember uh, years ago picking up this book from uh, President Obama before he was president, and uh, I was in a coffee shop in Eugene. I picked up this this book and it said the audacity of hope, and I thought to myself, that's right. Hope is audacious. It has confidence when it doesn't deserve confidence. And I think even looking in the Bible, when Abraham had hope against hope, that hope is this, it's not a feeling, it's built actually on evidence and facts of who God is. And so I felt like in my own life and in my family, I had faith that God was big, but I didn't have hope that my daughter could be healed. And so I went through a process and a journey of learning what hope is, and, and hopefully now we can encourage others to have hope. Yeah, you mentioned kind of the difference. You had faith, but you, you lacked hope. Tell us about the difference of those two. Well, I, I think that faith, you know, has the, the ability to believe that God can, um, 
you know, if, if distrust that, you know, that God is who he says he is. But hope is confident expectation that I'm actually, I'm expecting God to do this. I'm, 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 I'm banking on him doing this. I'm hopeful. And I think that my hope, um, maybe it used to be in results, but now I've turned where my hope is in Jesus. So I can't be disappointed. And that's what Paul's talking about in Romans 5. He said, this hope doesn't disappoint because Jesus doesn't disappoint us. So my hope is not in the the reality of my daughter being healed. My hope is that Jesus has prepared a better place for us and that when I go to heaven, I know she'll be healed there. So whether she gets healed on this side of heaven or not, it doesn't, it doesn't waver my hope. My hope is in a person, not in a result. Very good. You said that when this tragedy happened with your daughter, you said that it was the first time that you ever had to apply your faith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been preaching these messages for years, and, yeah. you know, I've been a youth pastor for like, you know, 13, 14 years, and all these quotes on faith and these verses on faith, I had never I had to apply them myself. And I think it, it was encouraging for me that when, you know, tragedy hit, that I had some references, I had some promises, I had some truth to stand on, and I'm really thankful that, you know, people say, did it rock your world? Actually, to be honest, I was I was glad that I had built a, a little bit of a foundation to stand on. Very nice, yeah, very nice. You know, when, you know, as a pastor, especially, you know, in, in the 21st century church, well, in the 20th century, we built this, you know, the pastor just to be this, almost this superstar up, up on a podium. You know, his marriage is perfect and his faith is perfect and his family is perfect and his hair is perfect. And when your people look at you now and they see you, you're, no, no, no. It's not like, well, pray for my family, you know, my, my son missed a quiet time. I mean, now, you know, they see you actually struggling with real world just like they are. How has it helped you as a pastor? Oh, well, I think, you know, whether people want to or not, I think, you know, I, I'm a pastor's kid, so I grew up watching this, that people put this this Superman cape on their pastor, you know, that he has the answers. He doesn't struggle like I do. Even when they, even when a pastor tries to tell on himself and right. admit that he's human, you know, inevitably we just we kind of look to our leaders like they they are superheroes. Mm-hmm. I think when you have weakness and you go through pain and trial, yeah. I think it just makes you so relatable. I remember Andy Stanley saying years ago, he said, uh, "People cannot relate with your strengths, but they can relate all day long with your weaknesses." Yeah. And I yeah. found people being able to to approach us easier and talk to us about their problems. And it just opened up the door for us to um, have conversations with people. And to be honest, I didn't realize that other people were in pain until I was in pain. But Mm -hmm. I don't think people realized that we were so human until I was in pain. And so, yeah, it just, it it became such a great two-way street. Well, I know just when I was just, you know, reading your stuff uh, prior to our discussion this morning, I felt this immediate connection with you. And I know why, because I, too, am all tatted up. Um, You know, I just my whole body, my ink tells a story. And uh, tell us about tell us about G tats. I can't tell if you're being facetious or not. (laughs) Well, no, he has a tattoo. And actually, we dropped an interview yesterday with Brandon Hatmaker. Uh, he's out of Austin, um, and he has a lot of tattoos. And we 
for the show notes of that episode, we 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 put a picture of Jimmy's one little tattoo. tiny tattoo <laughs> that made me cry. So, I was weeping like a little girl. <laughs> so if you want to see it, it's paradoxpodcast.com, but G-Tap. G yeah, I'm going to have to log on. You know what's funny is I only have one tattoo, and uh, it's it's just it's this G-Tap. It, it's really a fascinating story. My, my my friend, you know, when after all this came out and I was, I was preaching just out of my pain, I was at Hillsong, New York, and, and one of the main guys there says, hey, tomorrow I'm going to go get this, this tattoo. I'm going to put a G uh, in my forearm and it's going to remind me to pray for you and your daughter. And I was like, if you're going to go get a tattoo for my daughter, I'm definitely getting one too. Like it's not just <laughs> going to be you. We're going to do this together. So we go out and we, and we get these tattoos and we post it. We post a photo of it. And, and little did we know that this thing would take off the way it did. I had two people at church this last Sunday after two of the different services come up to me and they like, Hey, it's so nice to meet you. I'm from this city. And Hey, I want to show you, I got the GTAT. And I can't tell you how many people that that has happened to. I had an Uber driver in Nashville. And um, this is an unbelievable story to me, just of, of the power of social media, too. And um, my, sorry, my book agent was uh, in this Uber. And the Uber driver's asking her what she was doing in Nashville. And we had had some meetings. And she starts telling him about, you know, the story and, and, and the book. And, and he goes, oh, unreasonable hope. Chad B. He goes, and he, and he scroll, uh, rolls his sleeve down. He goes, "Yeah, I have a GTAP for him." And and my book agent's like, "Are you are you serious?" That's and crazy. I can't tell you how many people that we meet from all over the world that have this G. And I think what's so power about, powerful about a symbol is that it's this GTAP is not about Georgia. That we have people getting it for their aunt, for their cousin that they're believing sure. for, for someone that's passed away that. It really, this G is a, is a symbol of, it represents hope, it represents faith, it represents prayer, it mm. represents God's goodness. And I just, I think it's such a uh, a cool thing that was kind of inadvertent, and yet sure. it's just taken off. You, just a few minutes. Just a second, Josh. Yeah. I love that part of the story where you said, you know, you and your friend went together to get your tattoo, because I think it can be bonding. Because my son was supposed to go with me. When I got my tattoo, yeah, he didn't go. <laughs> he was a giant wuss. I just can't figure out something I want on my body for the rest of my life. You Although, if you me. talk long enough, Chad, I might put a G. <laughs> yeah, um, right? So you, just a few minutes ago, you talked about your hope now is not in results, but it's in Jesus, and that therefore you can't be disappointed. Um I, walking around, I see a lot of disappointed believers. Um, how how can that be? Well, I I think uh, it, Proverbs, right? Proverbs, what a beautiful proverb. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. And I think, you know, all of us have uh, gotten our hopes up and been disappointed, whether it be in a relationship or, um, you know, for, for you know, some of us on this podcast interview workouts that didn't really work out, you know, our muscles didn't develop. It's hard to cope with it. But um, I think there's a lot of disappointment out there. <laughs> and I think I can only be disappointed if I put all of the emphasis on the results. Yes. And, and I'm telling you, if, boy, if people could wrap, if people could wrap their faith around what you just said, because we, we all believe that, you know, if I go boldly before the throne of grace, you know, that I ask with faith, 
that the name it and claim it. You know, it's it's about the results. And so many people get angry at God because, well, hey, I did my part. You know, I took my kids to Sunday school and I did pray. And now this happened because it's all about the results. Yes, yes. And I think we learned really early on, hey, guess what? Whether whether our daughter gets healed of this side of heaven or the other side, she's going to be healed. Yeah. And so yeah. my hope is in uh, my hope is in a savior. My hope is in the finished work of the cross. And so I can't be disappointed if I put all my hope in Jesus, who has already prepared a place. He's mm-hmm. already prepared a home. And so how could I live disappointed when I am so confident that she will be healed? And I'm going to keep contending that she'll be healed on this side of, of, of heaven. But if she doesn't, right. my hope has been, been messed with. It, it's, it's still there because it's still in the person of Jesus. You know, and, that, and that's sort of what, you know, this whole idea of, of don't focus on the results as much. I think that's what was going through Paul's mind when he was saying, you know, you know, I've learned to be content. You know, whether I have a lot, whether I have a little, whether I'm well fed, whether I'm hungry, you know, it's not the results. You know, I've learned to be content and to be satisfied that Christ is enough regardless of the results. That's it. Yeah, I absolutely, I absolutely love that, and I think that's a great reference point. And I think the the, the emphasis for me would be on I learned, I've learned how yes. to do this, and you got to go through some trial and error, and through life circumstance, I think, to learn this kind of stuff. And right. again, I had preached on a lot of these concepts and and a lot of this theology for a lot of a lot of years, but I had never had to learn it. And I'm so thankful. I wouldn't trade what we've experienced yeah. for anything in the world. It's made us more broken in the best way and softer. And now when I see a family that's, you know, praying for whatever situation, your heart leaps at them because you know what pain feels like. And I didn't before, if I'm honest. Now, you have a couple other kids besides Georgia, correct? Yeah, we have two boys. It's, uh, it's birthday week around here. Tomorrow, <laughs> my, uh, my youngest turns one. And, uh, and then my, our middle child, Winston, he'll turn three. How did you guys deal with walking through this process with Georgia, all the time and attention that that required for you guys to focus on one of your kids? How did y'all also handle that parenting other kids? I, I think, you know, we just try to learn as we go and make adjustments. I think that's like any household, always trying to, you know, reassess and reevaluate and um, you know, how do we handle this? What do we need? Um, is, is this kid getting enough? And I think always just kind of looking at it, but what, what's interesting about having a special needs, uh, child is that they require and demand different attention, different energy. It's not the same. They're not developing. They're not running around. They're not crying the same. So, um, in, in one ways it frees you up. At, uh, more than more than what a, a normal four year old would in some regards. So we just we've just tried to take these cards that we've been dealt and and deal with them the best we can. Chad, we really do appreciate you being here. And before you go, one other quick thing: uh, when y'all named your church Zoe, w- w- did you like have all the youth? nominate names and that's the one because normally when you get names like that it's because the youth nominated and voted come by so and as a youth guy you would understand that um how did you come by zoe 
so <laughs> long story short, um, years ago, I'm in Bible college. I'm 19 years old, and uh, I'm driving with with uh, my now brother-in-law. I was just a friend then, and he pops in this cassette tape. It's this preacher. It's preaching this great message. I'd never heard of him before. His name's Creflo Dollar, and he's preaching out of Galatians 6, 7, and 8. Do not be deceived, for God cannot be mocked. For whatsoever man sows, he shall reap. Man that sows to, of, the, of the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. The man that sows of the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life, which is Zoe life. He starts preaching this whole message on the Zoe life. I'm 19, and I'm going, I want the Zoe life. And That's you know, great. As, a preacher, as a preacher, you're always looking for some Greek word to throw out, make yourself yes. really smart. So yes. forever I was throwing out, you know, which is the Greek word Zoe. You know, it's like, make yourself so cool. So for I'm 13 years, I preached, you know, John 10, 10, the, the, the evil one comes to steal, kill, destroy, but Jesus has come to give you Zoe. No so I did it for years. And, and so when we went to name the church, um, I said, you know, I know there's a lot of abundant life churches out there, but there's no Zoe church. Exactly, because so no one just, else knows we, Greek. We just thought, let's go with it. We love it. <laughs> That's fantastic. Guys, if you want more information, um, I mean, incredible words about hope, not in results, but in Christ. Check out uh, Chad's book, Unreasonable Hope. Uh, you can find that at unreasonablehope.org. Uh, you can also find more out about Chad at Zoe Church. It's Z-O-E Church.org. You can find him at Instagram and Twitter. It is Chad C. Veach, as well as on Facebook. It is Chad Veach. And Chad, you know, we make this to, to all our, well, not all our guests, just the ones we really like. When you're in Austin, <laughs> enchiladas y mas is on us. It's on us. Oh, oh. Okay. I'm you just saying. You can't beat Tex-Mex. That's what I'm saying. Count, count me in. Done. Chad, thank you. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Those words, if we could... And, and it's almost as though you could you could just go right past what he was saying and go, oh, well, yeah, yeah, huh? don't focus on the real. No, no, no. That's the key. Because P, I think a lot of us, myself included, you know, ask what you will and it will be done. And we just go, okay. You know, if I ask with the faith of a mustard seed, you know, a mountain will move. Uh, we're so focused on, okay, so if my, my loved one is ill, if I have the faith of a mustard seed, God will make them well right now. I had a, a client who's uh, some very well-meaning friends. He was, the dad was dying of cancer and they went up to him and said, you know, the, told this teenage daughter, you know, God told me that your dad is going to live another 15 years. God told me that your dad, uh, his, his job on earth is not done. And he was like dead in a week. And to my knowledge, that young lady hadn't gone back to church yet. Because all of this is focused on the results of it. But if our faith is not in, he's going to do what we want him to do, but he's going to do what's the just and righteous and loving thing, then he's right. Then we're in a no-lose situation. Yeah, and it's, it's, I don't know if it's the right word to say sad, but it's sad that it requires a death of a loved one or an illness of a child or whatever for us to connect with this idea of hope in Jesus. Mm. You know, you're right. We skip so quickly past that. Yeah, I got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. And it sounds so trite, but it's like the foundational truth. <laughs> it's, it's like mm -hmm. our, our security for, should only be found in our relationship with Christ. Um, and it's so sad that we don't necessarily connect with that until we're made uncomfortable. Mm-hmm.
when this episode drops, you will have listened to hopefully our interview with Shannon Martin, and she talks about purposely actually getting uncomfortable in our lives mm -hmm. so that we can connect to this truth. But trying to find your security in the the person that is Jesus and not in the results of life is is key. It is. Let me. Uh, I need to wait for about five seconds. Okay, just two or three, because mm -hmm. I needed because that was very important. It was very serious. Mm -hmm. But we have these new baffles that keep our microphones separated from each other. <laughs> and so I can only see just what's over the top. Uh, you can just see my I, eyes. I can see your eyes and your nose and just enough of your mustache for you to look like Adolf Hitler. Wow. So the whole time you're talking, I'm thinking Zeke Kyle in the back of my... This is what my son would look like if he was Adolf Hitler. I haven't Hitler. said this in a long time, uh, but Zeke Kyle. I just, think that's offensive still. I'm just saying. 70 just, years later. Has it been you're the one that years? looks like Hitler. Don't take it out on me. This interview is going off the rails. That's why I waited. Chad uh, is an incredible guy, and more importantly, he is in love with his creator yep. um, and is seeking to follow him um, daily. So go get info about Chad. If you're ever in L.A., certainly visit his um, his Zoe. church, Zoe, or Zoe, as I've been thinking until this interview. <laughs> Would you call her Beyonce? Beyonce. Beyonce. <laughs> Beyonce. Uh, all right. So if you want more information, and obviously we'll have links to all of his information, paradoxpodcast.com. Go to the episode and then click on Chad's episode to find those show notes. You can find out more about the show at our Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram accounts. It is Doc's Podcast. You can also find me, Josh, on those three platforms. It's Doc Josh Myers. On Facebook, Dr. Jimmy Myers, and on Twitter and Instagram, at J Myers Fam. Take care. Kyle, Josh. Paradox is produced by Billy Lee Myers Jr. and researched by Dr. Jimmy and Dr. Josh Myers. Special thanks to Life Austin Church in Austin, Texas, and our Paradox evangelist, Julie Lyles Garb. To find out more about the Paradox and to sign up for email updates, go to our website, paradoxpodcast.com. Next time on Paradox. We see politics as the change agent that we have to get the proper, and I'm not saying that's not important, we do need to vote our conscience and try to get leaders in there that Absolutely. can make great policies. That's not what I'm saying, but our final hope cannot be placed in politics. God's change agent for this world is his church.